Well, hey there, it's Adam Shell, the pastor at Melbourne Heights, and welcome to our sermon podcast. And in this episode sermon, I start out by talking about the recent tragedies in Gilroy, California, El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. And even though it's been over two weeks since these tragic events unfolded, I have to tell you, it's not any easier to find the right words to say. The truth is that the problem of gun violence in our country and in our culture feels like it's just too big of a problem to solve. But sadly, gun violence isn't the only problem that feels too big to solve in our world. From child poverty to the opioid epidemic to human trafficking and more, our world is filled with problems that just seem too big to solve. So what are we supposed to do in the face of all of these problems? Well, that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about over the next few episodes of our sermon podcast. Together, we're going to journey through one of, if not the darkest times in the history of Israel, their time of slavery in Egypt, and we're going to see how they faced this dark time. We're going to see how they resisted the darkness, and we're going to see how God led them out of the darkness. So let's get into this week's sermon, and let's see how we can all bring a little bit of light into our world. So two weeks ago, as I was sitting down for breakfast that morning before coming over to church, I opened up my iPad to catch up on a couple of last-minute things uh, while I was sitting down and having breakfast. But before I could even hit the home button down at the bottom of the screen to unlock my iPad that morning, I found myself sitting in stunned disbelief. Because right there on my lock screen were notifications about the latest mass shooting, this one in Dayton, Ohio, where nine people were killed, 27 others were injured, all in less than a minute. And this news of the shooting in Dayton came just hours after another mass shooting in a Walmart in El Paso, Texas, that killed 22 people and injured another 24. And that news came only six days after a mass shooting at a local festival in Gilroy, California, that killed three and injured 13 more. In less than a week, 34 people had been killed, 64 others had been injured, and three communities had been changed forever. And as I sat there that Sunday morning two weeks ago, reading through those headlines on my iPad just a couple of hours before our worship service here would begin, I found the words of a familiar story playing out in my mind. It's a story I've told before, but it's a story that constantly comes to my mind in the aftermath of these tragedies. The story's told by John Swinton, who is a theology professor, in his book, Raging with Compassion. And the story takes place the day after a bombing occurred in Northern Ireland, a place only a few hours away from where John Swinton was living at the time. And as Swinton tells his story, he says, on the next day, the day after this bombing, it was a Sunday, and I went to worship in my local church. And all of the questions were still racing around in my mind from the day before. And I just wanted to be with God's people and join God in worship. I wanted to receive some guidance as to how together me and my brothers and sisters in Christ might deal with our confusion, our disorientation, and our anxiety about what just happened. And the first hymns were sung that morning. 
and nothing was said. Instead, we were told to worship. We were told to praise the Lord. We were told to lift our hearts and our hands heavenwards and to appreciate the wonderful things that God has done for us. So we did. But still nothing was said. The prayers went by, and we thank God for His great mercy toward us. But nothing was said about the bombing. The sermon was preached that morning, and we were instructed to have faith, to be thankful that God was God and that God had reached down to love us despite our sinfulness. But still nothing was said. The prayers of intercession came that morning, and they went. And there was silence about the bombing. The entire service came and went that day with no recognition of the tragedy that had happened the day before in our own country, to our own people. Now, whenever I think of this story, I'm reminded that it is one of my responsibilities as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to not be silent in the aftermath of tragedy. Even when I'm still struggling to wrap my mind around horrific events and tragedies and unimaginable acts of evil, I know that part of my calling is to speak out so that the world knows that God is not silent. So over the course of my time in ministry, I've spoken out. I've spoken after Sandy Hook and San Bernardino. I've spoken after Charleston and Charlottesville. I've spoken after Virginia Tech and Las Vegas. I've spoken now, and I'm now speaking in the aftermath of Gilroy, California, El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. But if I'm being completely honest with you this morning, we've been down this path too many times before. So I don't really know what words to say. And that's because no matter what I say, no matter what anyone has said, in the aftermath of all of these tragedies, nothing seems to change. Another tragedy is always just around the corner. So sometimes it feels like this epidemic of mass shootings and violence in our culture and in our country is just too big of a problem to solve. And it's not just mass shootings and gun violence that feel like too big of a problem for us to solve. Sometimes it feels like our world is filled with problems that are just too big to solve. Sometimes it feels like our world is filled with problems that are just too big for us to solve. From terrorism, to sex trafficking, to systemic racism, to illegal immigration, to climate change, to child poverty, to the opioid epidemic. Sometimes it feels like our world is just filled with too many problems that are too big for us to solve. So what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to do? Are we just supposed to throw our hands up in the air and say that there is nothing that can be done? These problems are always going to be problems, so we just have to face it. Are we supposed to give up and resign ourselves to living in a world that is filled with all of this pain and all of this suffering? Are we just supposed to accept the darkness that we live in. Well, this is exactly what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks at Melbourne Heights. We're going to be talking about how we can all face the darkness in, the, in this world and in our lives. We're going to talk about what you and what I can do about all of this darkness around us. 
And we're going to be reminded that there is a way out of this darkness. There is a way out of this darkness for us all. And to help us find our way out of the darkness that we face, we're going to be exploring how the people of Israel made their way out of one of the darkest times that they ever faced. So if you will, you can go ahead and grab your Bible and turn with me to the book of Exodus this morning. We're going to start reading today in Exodus chapter 1. And over the next few weeks, we're going to make our way through this book together. And as we pick up today in Exodus chapter 1, we're going to get a pretty good picture of just, of just how dark the world was for the people of Israel. So Exodus chapter 1, we're going to start reading together this morning in verse 8. So let's listen to these words together. The author writes, Now a new king came to power in Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, The Israelite people are now larger in number and stronger than we are. So come on, let's be smart and let's deal with them. Otherwise, they will grow in number, and if war breaks out, they're going to join with our enemies, they're going to fight against us, and then they're going to escape from the land. As a result, the Egyptians put foremen of forced work gangs over the Israelites to harass them with hard work. They had to build storage cities named Pithom and Ramses for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they grew and spread, so much so that the Egyptians started to look at the Israelites with disgust and dread. So the Egyptians enslaved the Israelites. They made their lives miserable with hard labor, making mortar and bricks, doing field work, and by forcing them to do all other kinds of cruel work. So in these few verses we've just read, we can see. We can see that the people of Israel, that they have been enslaved by the Egyptians. They were considered the property of Egypt's king, the Pharaoh. They had no civil rights. They had no freedom. They were regularly and repeatedly beaten and abused to make them do the labor they were supposed to. They were forced to live under the constant oppression of another empire. And they had little hope that things were ever going to get any better for them because they had been enslaved as a people for 400 years. So there's no doubt, as we start reading in the book of Exodus together, that the people of Israel were living in a dark time. They were living in a dark time when the book of Exodus begins. And what the book of Exodus is really about is Israel's journey out of this darkness. Exodus is about Israel's journey out of darkness. So... Over the next few weeks, as we're exploring this book, we're going to see what we can learn from the Israelites' exodus to help us face the darkness in our world. We're going to see what we can learn from the exodus that, that can help us learn what we can do about the darkness that we have in our lives. We're going to learn from the, from the book of Exodus. We're going to see what God does throughout this entire story to help lead his people out through the darkness into the other side. And we're going to start this morning by taking a look at the very next part of the story of the Exodus. So we just read Exodus chapter 1, verses 8 through 14 together. We're going to pick up in verse 15 now. But before we pick up, I want you to remember where we had just left off. We were just told that the people of Israel that they had been enslaved by the Egyptians. And we're told that the Egyptians made the lives of the Israelites completely miserable. 
They were forced to do hard labor. They were forced to make bricks and mortar. They were forced to do field work. They were forced to do all other kinds of cruel things. And when we pick back up in Exodus chapter 1, verse 15, it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse for them when we pick back up. So Exodus chapter 1, verse 15. Let's see what happens next. We're told here, The king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, spoke to two Hebrew midwives named Shifra and Puah. He tells them, When you are helping the Hebrew women give birth and you see the baby being born, if it's a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, you can let her live. So not only have the people of Israel been enslaved for centuries in Egypt, not only have they been forced to do hard work like making bricks and mortar, now the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, has just given the order that their newborn sons should be slaughtered. You want to talk about a dark time? I can't think of anything much darker than that. And I really don't know how you would even begin to respond if you lived in that type of darkness. It's beyond my comprehension because I've never experienced anything remotely like it. So if there was ever a problem that felt like it was too big to solve, this one had to have been right at the top of the list. But remember, remember what the book of Exodus is about. The book of Exodus is about Israel's journey out of their darkness. So let's go back into this passage. Let's continue reading, and let's see what those two midwives do to respond to the darkness that they faced. We'll pick back up in verse 17. This is what we're told. Now the two midwives respected God, so they did not obey the Pharaoh's order. Instead, they let the baby boys live. So the king of Egypt called the two midwives and he said to them, Why are you doing this? Why are you letting the baby boys live? The two midwives said to Pharaoh, Because Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're much stronger and they give birth before any midwife can get to them. So God treated the midwives well, and the people kept on multiplying, and they became very strong. And because the midwives respected God, God gave them households of their own. Okay, now remember again what the people of Israel were facing. They've been enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years. And now the Pharaoh has given the order that any baby boy that is born to the Israelites is supposed to be killed. So these are two huge problems that have no easy solutions. These are the types of problems that leave us feeling overwhelmed. These are the types of problems that leave us feeling paralyzed. These are the types of problems that make us feel like there is nothing that we can do about them, nothing that we can do to solve them, nothing we can do to fix them. But did you hear? Did you hear what the two Hebrew midwives did to respond to the darkness in the world that they lived in? Did you hear what the midwives did even after the Pharaoh ordered that they kill any baby boys that were born to the Israelites? Did you hear it? Did you hear it? Did the the midwives, did they just throw up their hands up in the air and say, well, there's nothing we can do. These people are enslaved. We can't really help them. Pharaoh's ordered this, so we just have to let his order stand or we're all going to get in trouble too. Or did they just go along with what Pharaoh told them and apologize later to the Hebrew people by saying, Sorry, we were just following the orders that we were given. No, that's not what they did. 
They did not give in to the darkness that they were facing. They didn't do any of those things. They didn't give in to the darkness. They didn't throw their hands up. They didn't just follow the orders they were given. Instead, they did the one thing that they were able to do, the one thing that those two as midwives could do to help alleviate a little bit of the darkness the people were facing. The Hebrew midwives did the only thing that they could do to stand up to the darkness. And what was the one thing that they could do? They let those baby boys live. They let those baby boys live. Now, that doesn't change the fact that the Israelites were still enslaved. And it didn't change the fact that the Pharaoh still wanted the newborn sons of the Israelites to be executed. So by letting the baby boys live, these midwives, they didn't completely solve all the problems of the world that they faced. They didn't fix everything that was wrong in the world that they lived in. But here's what they did do with that one decision. They let a little bit of light shine into the darkness. They let a little light start to shine into the darkness by that one decision. They didn't have the power. They didn't have much at their disposal that they could do. The one thing they could do was to refuse to obey Pharaoh's order and let the baby boys live. And when they did it, they let light shine into the darkness. But if you've ever stood in a pitch black room, you know that even a little bit of light can make a huge difference. A little bit of light can go a very long way. Honestly, that's a lesson that I remember every single night when I get ready to go to bed. Now, the last thing that I have to do before I go to bed is I have to go into the bathroom and get my mouth guard that I wear at night because I grind my teeth, so I have to wear a mouth guard. And when I come out and I get ready to go to bed, it's always pitch black inside of the house. Dangerous territory to be walking around in even a house that you've lived in for years. But right by my bedside, right on my nightstand, I have a fan. Because yes, I'm one of those people that has to have a fan on no matter how cold it is outside when I sleep. And down at the bottom of this fan, there's a small light, no bigger than my thumbnail. But that itty-bitty light down at the bottom of this fan gives me enough light that I can safely maneuver my way around the bedroom. You can ask my wife. I never have to wake her up because I just smacked into the footboard while she's sleeping, and I never accidentally walk into the wall when I'm heading toward the bed. And it's because this little bitty light, this little bitty light gives me enough light to see. That little light goes a long way to fight the darkness in that room. And science backs up my anecdotal conclusion, too. There are two professors at Texas A&M who have determined that the human eye can see the flame from a single candle when it's a mile and a half away if the view is unobstructed and it's pitch black outside. Here's what that means. From where you're sitting at right now in this place this morning, you would be able to see a single lit candle at Baptist East if there was nothing in the way and it was dark outside. Think about that for a minute. Think about that for just a minute. One candle flame can be seen from a mile and a half away. One candle flame. So even a little bitty light, just a little bit of light, can go a long way when we face the darkness. 
And it goes for the literal darkness, and it goes for the darkness that we face in our lives and in our world today. So here's what we need to remember as we start entering into this journey out of the darkness with the people of Israel. We need to remember that you may not be able to light up the whole world, but you can light up the world around you. You may not be able to light up the whole world and fix all of the problems that this world faces, but you can light up the world right around you. You can light up the world around you. This is exactly what the midwives did in the story that we just heard this morning. They didn't light up the entire world around them. They didn't bring an end to the Israelite slavery, but they let their light shine. They let their light shine and they lit up the world around them by protecting those baby boys and by giving hope to the people that they help, the mothers and the families that welcome these children home. And that's what we can do too. With some of the big problems that we see in the world today, we may not be able to fix them completely, but we can let our light shine and start changing them a little bit. Like, we may not be able to light up the whole world and bring an end to gun violence, as we know. But there are things that you can do, there are things that we can do to light, to send a little bit of light, to bring a little bit of hope. No matter what side of the issue you fall on, you can talk. You can write to your senators. You can write to your representatives and say something needs to be done. You can get on the phone. You can make those phone calls, but that's not all. We live in a world that is filled with so much hatred and anger where we can't even talk with people anymore. So we can stand up and let our light shine and foster conversations and treat other human beings with love and respect instead of treating them like they're little more than animals or barriers in our way. And we can do that by calling people out, when they're treating people around us with hostility, with anger, fear-mongering. We can do that by letting our light shine. And we may not be able to fix some of the other big problems the world faces either. You and I, we can't fix the problem of poverty inside of the world. But what we can do is we can see those in need around us. And we can do what we can to help them. When we see someone who is hungry, we can offer to buy them a meal. When we see somebody who needs some clothing, we can take them shopping. When we see somebody who's just having a tough time making ends meet, we can float them a little bit of money to help get over the rough patches. We may not be able to solve the entire problem of poverty, but we can let our light shine around us and change the world around us. And we may not be able to fix some of the other big problems that we face. We may not be able to light up this whole world by turn, tuning down the divisive rhetoric that we hear coming out of our politicians in Washington and in Frankfurt. But you know what we can do? We let our light shine. We can let our light shine and we can light up the world around us by refusing to take those same tones when we're interacting with each other. Instead of treating one another as enemies, we can treat each other as friends. As somebody that's on the same side, working toward the same goals as us, by speaking to each other like we're created in the image of God. Try that sometime. The next time that you're getting angry or frustrated with somebody in a conversation, remind yourself, this person is a child of God. They are created in the image of God. God has given this person infinite value and infinite worth. So I should, too. It's true. 
we can't fix all of the big problems in the world around us. We can't drive out all of the darkness that surrounds us in this world. But we can let our lights shine. And we can start to light up the world immediately around us. But you have a choice. You have a choice as to whether or not you're going to let your light shine. You get to choose whether you want to look at the problems of the world and say they're too big and even my little light's not going to make a difference. Or you can choose to do what you can to make this world a better and a brighter place. And i got to tell you, I don't know what decision you're going to make. I don't know what decision you're going to make, but I can tell you what I'm going to do. For as long as I can, for me, this is what I'm going to do. With this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine and light up the world around me. I'm going to let it shine in the face of the darkness of this world. I'm going to let it shine to bring hope to anyone and everyone that I can. I'm going to let it shine until this world becomes a better place. So with this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let's pray together. God, you know that we live in a world that is filled with darkness. And sometimes this darkness around us seems overwhelming. seems like there is absolutely nothing that we can do about it. God, I I have to imagine that those two midwives must have felt the same way with the situation they found themselves in. People all around them were enslaved. The Pharaoh gave an order that baby boys, innocent children, were to be killed. They must have felt like those problems were insurmountable, like there was nothing that they could do. But God, they chose to let their light shine. They chose to do what they could to bring a little bit of light into the darkness, to shine a little hope for the world to see. God, every single one of us has that same opportunity. Every single one of us has the chance to let our light shine with the problems that we face. And yeah, this morning I've mentioned a few of them, God, but the problems of this world are far greater than what I've talked about during the sermon. So my prayer for all of us this morning, God, is that you help us to see where we can shine our light in the darkness. That you give us a way to make this world a better and a brighter place. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hey, it's Adam again, and thank you for listening to this episode of our sermon podcast. I hope that even in the midst of all of the darkness that you see in this world, that you've been inspired to do what you can to let your light shine. And even if you can't light up the whole world, if you do your part, if I do my part, if we all do our part, if we all let our light shine right where we are, then this world is going to be a better and a brighter place. Now next week, we're going to take a slight detour from our journey through the book of Exodus. Next week, we'll find the people of Israel on the verge of entering the promised land when they make a decision that they're going to regret for over 40 years. And we'll see what that has to teach us about following God's directions today. 
Now, that episode will drop next Tuesday, and if you subscribe to our podcast, it will be sent straight to your favorite podcasting app. And before I go, I just want to remind you that we are not supposed to only be hearers of the Word. We're also supposed to be doers of it. So this week, let your light shine. Let your light shine in the darkness of this world. Let your light shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And we'll see you back here next Tuesday for another podcast.